Hey friends, just a quick little note here at the top of this episode. Um, This episode is kind of my bid for all my piping and drumming friends to pick up and try out the penny whistle if they haven't done so before. So get ready to be convinced that that is a good idea. Um, My guest today has a ton of really excellent materials, uh, links to all of that in the show notes. I hope you'll really enjoy it. But uh, during the conversation, one thing that comes up is these arrangements that Timothy Cummings has done. There are links to these down in the show notes as well. Um, This, what you're hearing in the background, is one of them it's called southern harmonies and what timothy does is he if you were to purchase this arrangement from his website from birch and music and publishing uh you receive the the music for the accompanist that's of course written in the key that will sound when they play it on a piano or a keyboard or an organ whatever then you, you you also have the lead sheet for the key that is sounding for the lead you know so if you wanted to pick up a whistle you know a d whistle and uh play it in the sounding key you could but for so many of us who are accustomed to reading um highland bagpipe music uh to not only pick up a different instrument but then to read music that's written in a different key can be very daunting, um, can be too much, really. And so Timothy, with the the Highland Piper in mind, also provides a sheet of music that is written in Highland bagpipe, if you will. And so then it's like you could look at that music and you could play on your practice chanter and it would come out just fine. Then you could put down your practice chanter and pick up a low D whistle or a standard penny whistle and play it just the same, you know, with the small variations that come from playing whistle, right? But really basically just play it exactly the same. But what would come out of your instrument would match the accompanist, so, right? So, so we'll go, we'll come in right now. You're here in Southern Harmonies. We'll go out as well on another uh, arrangement of his that in the same way. This, that one's called Wondrous Love and that one's for... Uh, Highland bagpipe with a B flat chanter and uh, organ. Same thing. You you get a sheet of music that you can read just like standard bagpipe music. But if you unplug your standard bagpipe chanter and plug in a concert B flat chanter instead, what comes out magically matches the organ. I shouldn't say magically matches. You still have to tune it and stuff like that, right? But anyway, you get the idea. Just wanted to share some examples of that. So if that's a barrier to entry for you, consider it destroyed. Uh, get yourself a whistle and have lots of fun with it. And you know what? I don't get a ton of missives. So if I can be at all helpful in in your whistling journey, as you will surely be very jazzed about whistling after after this episode, shoot me an email, thedroningonpodcast at gmail.com or a message on social media or anything like that. Um, have a good one and enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. I feel like maybe the best way to kind of break ice and get going is to ask you, Sean, what's up with the rubber ducks? <laughs> the, uh, the rubber ducks were a, um, a result of a very strange tour that uh, me and my uh, current bandmate, Patrick Martin, did when we were in a previous band. We were somewhere out on the northeast, I think, and we had ourselves a day to kill on the um, Jersey Shore on the boardwalk, which I'm sure is a wonderful place in the dead of summer. But in December, when we oh. were on tour, it was empty, mm-hmm. and so we had a lot of uh, a lot of downtime to fill, and so we filled it by uh, wandering about, and uh, we went we wandered into some sort of little game room deal and was playing you know air hockey and stuff, and my buddy Patrick and the band just parked himself in front of one of those claw machines and the guy's just a natural at it and so he just starts yoinking these things out of here like they were you know like they were popcorn kernels he's just yeah. flying out of there he's, he's killing it so it kind of just became a thing mm. and so now we've all just sort of adopted the uh this one particular uh very large blue rubber duck named dent right i uh, i noticed it he's, he's our he's our buddy so he's kind of our mascot patrick likes to say this is the reason why i'm single <laughs> he goes with us everywhere. Yeah, he goes everywhere. Yeah, it's just kind of became a thing, and it's, I don't know, it's just good for laughs, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I noticed it. I feel like 
I can't remember now if it was in a music video for the Stern Wheelers or just mm. in some photos, but there are rubber ducks, like, yeah. almost like Easter eggs here and there <laughs> in your whistle stuff, too. I like to, yeah, we've all just sort of acquired them, a, a bunch of them. Uh, our drummer and our band's got a, a, a very elegant uh, wall-mounted display rack for about 20 or 30 of them. Oh, really? So they're, just, yeah, they're, just, they're just everywhere, kind of. Ah, that's awesome. Uh, again, as a result of boredom on tour. Well, maybe that. Let's just follow this where it takes us naturally. Tell me a little okay. bit about the the band you're playing with. Tell me a little bit about Stern sure. Wheelers. Yeah, we uh, we started. Uh, my friend Patrick and I kind of started it as a reason to hang out and drink and shoot the breeze, basically. And then we that's we a good origin stuff. story. Well, kind of. You know, it was just we were we got to be friends from this other band and and the other band we were in. They they just hired a bunch of really talented folks which was great I, I met some of my best friends because of that group and and we just became actual friends outside of the band mm. and uh, and started hanging out and he he was a songwriter played on broadway in nashville for years toured the country with with various songwriter rock type bands um so it was sort of a world that i didn't really know much about but we you know, he kind of wanted to do this project and just see if it was going somewhere and see if we could come up with something and uh, and it started to. Ah, uh, yeah. It was mostly just hanging out in his house, and then uh, some other friends of ours from the Nashville Irish music scene got on board, and uh, and were liking it, and it kind of turned into a thing. So it's it's been it's been kind of fun. The, the pandemic, I think, in a weird way, really helped, gave us a little bit of time to to hopefully get better and spend some time practicing. Mm-hmm. So that was you know something good from something bad. We were kind of born out of the the very end of the or the very start of the pandemic, and uh, have been plugging away ever since. So it kind of became a, a project for you to keep you sane through the Pretty through the much. lockdowns and stuff. <laughs> it was, yeah, and it was it was one of those things where it wasn't that weird using Zoom and Teams and yeah. stuff like that to be able to just maybe not rehearse because you can't really do that with a lag, but at least be able to talk things through. Mm-hmm. And you know, we were able to come up with songs and and you know, hey, what do you think of this? And shoot each other some recordings and and build some songs that way and get together whenever we could. Yeah. Well, there, there's you guys have put out some really awesome content. I'll make sure in the show notes there are links to, uh, I'll put some links to the YouTube uh, videos and, uh, you know, the website, certainly. The website's so classy. Sean, this is this is one of the things I wanted to ask you about. I, like, I am guessing you made the website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the... Uh... I'm the web guy, the video guy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've been, I, I've been doing that longer than probably anything else. That that's the thing. But maybe because I've been watching so much of your content, I felt like I could very quickly um, identify like your sure. fingerprints. But yep. one, one of yeah, the yeah. classiest things, like the the, it looks so great. You know, color scheme, uh, really oh, cool. awesome logo. I love thank the Stern Wheelers logo. Oh, that that is it. so cool. But oh, the on the landing page, it's got the the standard like description of a mm-hmm. of a band, right? Mm-hmm. Great description, it's concise and to the point, but I really appreciate that at the bottom, where you would usually see a learn more button, mm-hmm. instead, like, so the paragraph ends with, um, we celebrate the influences that each nation has had on each other with pioneer spirit, sardonic wit, tragedy, pining, and humor. And then where you would click learn more, typically, the button says, What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I yeah Pat- Patrick, Patrick like wrote that, that one and I was like, what? <laughs> doesn't sound like anything we'd actually say. But it sounds sounds a little uh little press releasey, but I thought I'd have a little fun with it. Yeah. No, it's excellent. I love I love that. But yeah, that's so so what what's the deal with uh all the high quality video and audio production? Because that's one of the things about your channel. <laughs> well that, like <laughs> there are other whistle channels out there that also do good content, but sure. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no there's nobody to touch you for quality here. Well, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It's nice of you to say. It 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 started off like everybody, I suppose, with a with a either a phone or a mediocre camera in my living room, and and just um, really it started about ten or fifteen years ago or so. 
almost 20 years now that I think about it, mm-hmm. um, with some very, very poor quality audio and video. And uh, it really was just sitting in my basement and with a single camera and a black backdrop for a long time. Um, and then the company that I worked for asked me to do some, some um, talking head style video stuff for work and they, they said, well, you're a musician, you must know how to do video. And well, not really, those are two different things, but I'll see what I can do. Yeah. And I had some gear and so I kind of started doing that and it was for a, a friend of mine who had been with the company 20 years and they wanted to do a big uh, kind of a um, congratulations footage deal with people from all over the company. So in, in addition mm-hmm. to all the talking head stuff, I kind of got into the, the B-roll side of things and you know, shots around the office and I got the drone up in the air and all this stuff. I thought, oh, this is kind of fun. And it turned out pretty good, I thought. And oh, yeah. Then yeah. they got me into doing uh, some more medical uh, property, medical office, real estate work, videography kind of thing. So I started just applying a lot of that stuff and just started doing my research. There's some great YouTube channels for videography out there. Mm. Um, you know, Peter McKinnon is one that I've, I've learned a lot from. Um, you know, there's there's just some some really talented folks who who can make it easy to understand. Like, hopefully, I'm trying to do with the whistle side of things. Oh, yeah. We'll do with the videography thing, and and they just made it easily digestible. And it's just fun. I just kind of found it that I like doing it. Um, so, is your at, little, like at this point is your main like job description videographer, or is this still something you just do kind of on the side? For yourself, well, for the a lot of it is, like yeah. Uh, it's a bit of both. I'm technically an IT director by trade, mm-hmm. um, so I do more client server workstation, that kind of stuff. But uh, the videography thing has definitely been a big part, probably 50 50 at this mm-hmm. point now. So I do a lot of uh, mostly real estate type stuff. Although I actually just did my first uh, commercial ad for something other than real estate recently for a tin whistle company, which was kind of cool. Oh, for a tin whistle company, that's awesome. Tin-tin. Yep. Uh, right on. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's it's. I don't know if you call it a side hustle or a primary hustle or what. I'm not sure yet. But uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> the the hustle yeah. is taken over. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I do I do like that though. That like I can spend a long time enjoying your videos, and I don't I don't want to make you feel in any way uncomfortable with praise yeah, here, no, Sean. I don't want to be too much, no, but it's, it's nice for you to say. Like sometimes I can watch your videos like very carefully, like specifically, like oh I'd like to learn that tune, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or this sounds like good advice, or the comparisons between whistles. I'm a, I'm a sucker for comparison videos mm-hmm. uh, between just Me about too. anything, barbecue, <laughs> whistles, yeah. anything, you know? <laughs> Me too. Um, and, and so I, I, those are the ones that, like, I'll pay close attention to. But sometimes I'll hit, like, I'll hit um, a, uh, like, a tutorial video and just kind of let it play in the background while I'm working. And it's just, like, the sound quality is good, so I can have my headphones on, and it sounds great. And the, the video good. quality is good, so I can – anytime I look over there, there's, like, really pleasing uh, drone shots going on. <laughs> you know, like, th- these are, these are like, half it, tutorial and half, like, high-quality vlog. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I kind of got in that in that road, yeah. And, and it's funny. Some of it's uh, – you know, I'll think back, like, well, I didn't really need half of that video. But at the same time, it was fun, and I kind of liked doing it, so – yeah, I, I love the establishing shots and stuff. Those are yeah. great. Yeah, some of those it, it feels like it works, and sometimes it's uh, maybe it's overkill. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but mostly it's just I do it because I like doing it, and I just you know I, that's to me that's the artistic side of things. Yeah. Um, so so that videography stuff. That's I was curious if it started when you were a kid or, or as you got older. Um, now no, the I'm relatively late to it. Yeah. I I know though that whistles started when you were younger because I remember you mentioning you you had one of those whistles. <clears throat> you had a low D whistle that was one of those with the wooden. Uh, mm-hmm. Chiff thing in the top is that mm-hmm. the Fipple? I can't remember what what that part's yeah, called. Yeah, Fipple. Yeah, yeah I, so. I had a couple of those when I was a kid, but they were little ones, you know, a, a D or a C, yeah. and so I can't yeah. even imagine how playing a low D one of, like those things suck the air out of your lungs like crazy. Yeah, 
It's an absolute monster. And even the light, uh, the, the high ones, the, the Clark and the Shaws, the, the, the high D whistles, I did a comparison on those versus another one that the same company makes. And, mm. and to me, the ones with the wooden block, they're, they're so breathy. They're, they're really difficult to play. They just yeah. take so much air, and the low whistles are exponentially worse. Um, some people really love that breathy sound. It's never been a, yeah. a, a favorite of mine, um, but the, the unplayability of it is really what, what does it in for me. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I started out when I was a little kid. I, was, uh, I had a, a tin whistle lying around the house, just a cheapo generation. I have no idea what ever happened to that one, and I used to just make noises on it. I never really started playing until I was about 17 or 16, I think. Do you know where that one had come from? Like, had it been a gift to you when you were a kid have, or something? I have no idea, because I lived in a very small town in Maine when I was born, and, and where that little bugger came from, I couldn't tell you. Huh. Uh, probably just some random gift shop. Yeah. Um, but my dad owned a bar in New York, uh, an Irish pub in New York, um, in the 90s, and, and I would just I would hang out there. And Oh, so uh, you're, like, super legit. When well, <laughs> like when it comes to like like trad well, uh, sessions and stuff like that, your dad well, owned up an Irish pub yeah. in New York. That's a that's pretty darn legit. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, if I was very fortunate to be in an area one of the one of the main areas for Irish traditional music in New York. But I also came at it kind of late. I mean, most folks start when they're five, six years old. I didn't start till I was sixteen or seventeen. Mm. Um, so in, the, in that regard, I was I was kind of backward, and I came at it through the Pogues really. Oh um, I sure, would just sit the in the basement of his bar and, and bang out Pogues tunes. Yeah, one of the guys, one of the regulars, one of my favorite drunks, uh, went over to Ireland and came back from a gift shop and said, hey, there you go, kid, and gave me a, a tin whistle when I was 16. And mm. he goes, hey, bang on that for a while. So I did. I went in the basement and learned fairy tale in New York and things oh, like that. That's my favorite one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's everybody. It's a classic. Yep. And then um, there was a fellow who was a, um, uh, would fill in bartending. He happened to be an all-Ireland button accordion player. Mm. And, uh, and he heard I was learning the whistle. And he goes, oh, let me take you out to a session. you got to hear some, some real music, kid. You know? I said, all right, cool. So... We find one place, and it's him, and there was a guitar player, a fellow by the name of John Doyle, who later became famous with Solace, among other things. Mm, yeah. they, were, they were buddies, and so we were looking for a session. We ended up at a place called Mona's in New York, which is in the East Village. Not sure if it's still there. I'm pretty sure the session is long gone, but it was a, it was a hole-in-the-wall kind of a joint. And uh, they, you know, didn't get started till midnight or something like that, and went for till about three or four in the morning, and it just blew <laughs> there, me away. There you are, a sixteen-year-old well, kid. Of, well, sort of. I walked in, and the bartender goes, "Ah, he can't come in here. He's yeah. too young." And they go, "Oh no, he's with us." They go, "Oh, no problem. Here you go." And he pulls me a pint. You know, <laughs> oh, this is a weird world. This is a strange world. Uh, but yeah, then the all music, out or just, all in. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. And then all you know, and it was probably five or six guys, and they just absolutely set the place on fire. And I thought, yeah. man, I'm I'm learning the wrong music. I got to start learning this. And from that point on, I was pretty much hooked. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. And it was, and they later made a record at Mona's. There's a, a fantastic oh, record called Live at Mona's. Yeah, it's a great session recording. It was, it was just one of those amazing session spots in New York. That's now gone, replaced by other amazing session spots because there's, there's still great music there. But, but that one in particular was the one that really got me going. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll pull up Live at Mona's and add that to the show notes yeah, as well. Check it out. It's, there's some it great stuff on there. Some wonderful players. Yeah. The, um, the. The the uh, what do you call it uh, like a serendipitous positioning of you know where where you are and who you encounter and stuff like that throughout mm -hmm. your story. I love hearing that kind of stuff. That that yeah. sounds really cool, man. Yeah, New York was great for that. At least for this style of music, it's in the '90s. It was pretty much New York, Chicago, and Boston was about the only place you're going to hear Irish music back then. Now, mm -hmm. it's fortunately it's that's not the case. There's there's folks everywhere, but yeah. But back then, boy, it was every night of the week you could find a session pretty much. And you and you ended up in Music City. You, I did. And how did, how did that happen? That's that's a bit of a move. 
uh, cost of living oh, at the sure. time was, was <laughs> yeah. way better coming from New York. Now, yeah. probably not so much. But right. now when, when my wife at the time, when we left, a, a the Irish rock band that we were in was based in New York. And we both had family kind of in the Nashville vicinity or, or at least closer to it. Or like or a lot of her family was from Texas and they, they had kind of moved up here. So, you know, it just seemed to make sense. Um, and at the time, it was a whole lot cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a scene. There was a couple of folks here who who I knew from when I, I actually went to high school here in Nashville. Oh, did so you? I knew, yeah, I knew a couple of folks here then that were that were great players, so um, I didn't think it was going to be too bad, and it turned out there's there's a pretty good scene, and it's it's actually grown quite a bit here in Nashville, uh, like everything else in Nashville lately, I suppose, but yeah. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good collection of musicians here now. Yeah, that's. I, I wondered if... Um being being that you were both musicians, if if mm. part part of that was like, well, yeah, there's music in Nashville. Well, not really. We were kind of out of it at that mm. point, or at least as far as uh, full time, we didn't really have plans on on doing that. We kind of wanted to have somewhat normal lives for a while, and that all changed. Where we both ended up back playing music eventually, anyway. Yeah. Did did you um? I, you mentioned, I think it was in an email when you and I were going back and forth, that you were a uh, recovering Highland bagpiper. When did that <laughs> yeah. come into the picture? Because you have well, one video where you did a tutorial on Highland Laddie, and in the uh, thumbnail, sure, yeah. I saw some of those uh, wall shuttle pipes. Uh, shuttle pipes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and I was like, oh, yeah. he's going to play pipes. Let's hear him. And yeah, they never came out. So that's what's the up? No. no, nobody would want me to hear, hear me play pipes. I do still <laughs> occasionally bust out the shuttle pipes just because yeah. they're, they're pleasant and quiet and that sort of thing, and just to kind of keep my chops there. But no, I started... With Whistle, briefly, I started with that, and then maybe a few months later, my dad got me a practice channer because mm-hmm. uh, he pretty much always wanted me to play bagpipes, um, which is odd, being a fellow from Sligo, that he wanted to have <laughs> a Highland bagpiper in the family. God right. knows why. But uh, it was big in New York with the police pipe bands and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing, so there was a lot of that, I guess. But so I did. I played pipes for several years and competed. I got as high as grade three, I believe, so... Mm-hmm. I was aggressively mediocre, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know I, I competed with with the bands uh, quite a few times. But I just kind of got a little burned out on the whole competition side of things, and drifted more into the the session mm. Irish session side of the world, you know. Um, and I, I don't play pipes too much anymore. Um, every now and again, like I said, I'll bust out the shuttle pipes just to to keep things alive. But hopefully, the the experience helps at least in the youtube things because i do get a lot of pipers asking me whistle type questions yes um and there's there's a lot of crossover there's some things that don't apply and there's a lot of things that do so yeah um it's uh, hopefully it's somewhat useful when you were playing pipe bands there in new york were you hopping around to police bands would they let would they let you join or were there the other only thing bands? i ever did was i i got to march in the saint patrick's day parade with one of the with one of the bands oh, gotcha. they kind of snuck me in there which was probably not kosher at all but so other than that <laughs> you were you were a solo piper uh, no, I played in pipe bands here in Nashville for a while. Oh, right. That's right. High school in Nashville. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I was okay. out here. In, and then I, there was a group in um, Kearney, New Jersey that I played with um, uh, over the summer that I, I popped in with when I was up there for the summers with mm. at my dad's place. So, uh, yeah, he was, I wasn't really in, in the city playing pipes too much. Gotcha. Just, again, the occasional St. Patrick's Day thing. That was, that was gotcha. good for laughs. Well, and that's – so that was the sort of like the – the impetus for for when I reached out to you, because mm-hmm. because I've been thinking a lot about this. I don't know. You mentioned that the the, the competition scene kind of burnt you out, and like yeah. I kind of have a foot in each of those worlds, like a foot in in a competitive pipe band, and then a foot with like a trad group, you know. And I do feel like I can see how like I I know people who go back and forth, you know. It's like different phases of life or something, but there also seems to be some sort of like base level 
one kind of musician versus another kind of thing. I don't know. It's like some some of us really thrive with the competition aspect, sure. and some of us really yeah. do not. It can yeah. like it can really kill the art in a lot of ways. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I like the competition for. You, you could kind of dive in with one specific tune and, and really, you know, get it perfect. Yeah. So there was, there yeah. was that, but you can kind of do the same thing in, in the Irish world. It doesn't seem to be as talked about as much, but I mean, I've, I know I've, I've talked with some folks about spending a half an hour on a two bar phrase just yeah. over and over and finding every possible way to play that. And, and just, you know, experimenting with each note and getting the right tone on a, on a flute or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, comparing that to, to how your friend the fiddle player is hitting that same phrase because their physics yeah. of their instrument. Are, you know, you can kind of get into that minutiae too, I think, in, in both worlds. But um, it wasn't, I, I don't know, the competition thing, I guess it just kind of, I think I just got drawn more to the other side of things rather than rather than giving up on the other. I just kind of, you know, my, I think my focus just shifted a little bit. And uh, the, you know, I, I, I sort of got more attached to the community aspect of the, the Irish session world, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's I, I, it has occurred to me sometimes. I have some I have some friends who play pipes who only play pipes, mm. and who have asked me questions about whistles and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And and I have thought to myself like, and not not that this is an original thought in the entire world, right? But like, it hadn't occurred to me until uh, a little while ago, and that's when I reached out to you that like, the whistle. Is like if if a piper, especially a grown up piper who's got a full time job and kids and everything else, right? If they feel like they want to expand sort of like their musical range, you know, both literally and just like kind of in general, you know, sure. um, you know, they're not. It's it's not practical to pick up the piano at that point right. in their life, you know. Right, but yeah. the whistle, maybe there's a much lower barrier for entry where they can transfer some skills, like you mentioned, from what they've yeah. already learned. Absolutely. I mean, the the fingers are are. I mean, it's not exactly the same because you got a different number of holes in the chanter versus the whistle, but mm-hmm. the concepts are, are the same. The grace notes and everything, that's that's a thing that a lot of folks really struggle with when they're coming to the whistle from nothing, when, they're, when it's their yeah. first instrument. Um, but as a bagpiper, you get, you know, the, what is it, GBE, whatever those three grace notes you got to do. It's the, the fingers work, those same fingers work the same way on the whistle. Right, um, yeah. So a lot of the stuff does translate. The exact ornaments, like Torlewis and stuff like that, it doesn't really crossover necessarily but you know a lot of the concepts do um the main thing is the style of it um mm-hmm. i can pretty much always tell a highland bagpiper who, who who's playing whistle um versus an irish player yeah because there's it's, it's a it's a different style um but it works too it you know i think it's it, it that style is adaptable to the whistle and it, and it fits pretty well it's different than you know you'd hear an irish player playing but it, yeah. but it works yeah and is is a big part of that the embellishments because I I did I have wondered about that when like listening to you do your t- tutorials like mm-hmm. like in competitive Highland piping we have very clear you know like you say terluith means this mm-hmm. a grip means this a mm-hmm. burl is this you know um right. is there a similar set of standard vocabulary for embellishments in whistling or is it more like eh, every teacher kind of says you, then you do the blip bleep bloop you right. know and you kind of like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah the the vocabulary is is the same um i would say how you do them is variable uh, like um the the torlo equivalent i suppose would be a cran in 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 Irish music. I see. So there, there are names for things of, like that. Sort of, yeah. But the way that you do that is not written in stone. There's uh. three or four different ways to do it. 
the quote-unquote traditional way would make my head explode. It just does. My brain just doesn't work that way. So I huh. came up with my own sort of different version of it. And I don't know. My ear is not good enough to tell the difference. It sounds yeah. pretty good to me. So, you know, there's there's different ways to do a lot of those. A lot of folks will use different fingers for for simple single grace notes. You know, single ornaments are mm-hmm. not everybody's using the same finger. Uh, sometimes it depends on the whistle. Some whistles are more responsive in a certain area than others. So, you know, there's some degree of variability to that. But really, the main thing is the style. Um, the, the when you hear a Scottish bagpipe or Highland bagpiper playing whistle, it sounds like they're playing a bagpipe tune. Yeah. On the whistle, it sounds very you know, it's very very uh, pipey. Whereas yeah. the Irish music is a lot more legato and a lot more. Um, uh, lifty, a lot more um, groove-based. You know, mm-hmm. uh, piping seems to me, at least always seemed to me, to be very focused on the ornaments. Like the ornaments would define the accents, whereas mm-hmm. in, the, in Irish tunes, typically the tune defines the accents, and you, and you find your ways to either either complement that or intentionally um, challenge it, I guess. Yeah, that, that makes totally sense. makes sense. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just uh, you know it's more the feel of the tunes I think that's that's different than the ornaments because again the physics of the ornaments and, and how you do them are, are kind of the same. Yeah, you know, more or less. Well, it's it's comforting to me to hear you talk about how there are different ways to do things within whistles because I do think mm-hmm. that as I'm trying to think of like I want my friends my my piper friends to all buy whistles. That's kind of my goal <laughs> yeah. here, right? And yeah. so as I'm thinking about what are the barriers to entry, right? Um, yeah. One of them is that if we have spent a lot of time in the competitive piping world, we have a very almost assumed idea that there is a very specific right way to do everything and if yeah. you're not doing it right you're disrespecting the instrument and you're going to right. be ridiculed by your peers you know like all kinds <laughs> sure. of stuff and Absolutely. so like one of the fears of picking up whistle is like well sure i'm making a song out of this but in my closet i wouldn't play this in front of people because i don't know if i'm doing it right, right. you know Absolutely. Well, and that's that is the to me the good thing, but also I can see how that could be a very frustrating thing. Yeah. That there really is not a lot of right and wrong to to this music, at least not that I found. There's a lot of personal style involved. There's a lot of um, a lot of options involved, and the the again fun slash frustrating thing is that you don't play the same tune the same way twice. Mm, uh, at least yeah. ideally, you're never going to play it the, the second time through exactly the same way you do it the first time, and the ornaments are not written down. I've only ever seen that work well once in Irish music. That was Willie Clancy's piping book. Somebody went through the, no doubt, painstaking effort of transcribing all of his little ornaments. Mm. Uh, but even then, that's a representation of how this one specific person played this specific tune. That's not the right, the one way to do it. You know. Whereas with piping, you get the you know the Scots Guards book, and by God, this is the way you play the tune. Right, that's the setting. That's all there is to it. You <laughs> yeah. know? Uh, which if is you, play, if you play a D grace note where they're supposed to be a G grace <laughs> note, that's a different <laughs> setting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and there's none of that in Irish music. You know, there's loads of different settings, and don't get me wrong, we, we certainly have um, mind-numbing discussions on the East Galway setting or the <laughs> sure, West Clare setting yeah. until you want to get up and leave. You know, we definitely have those kind of conversations, too, but it's not so much about... Um, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it's just a bit of a different vibe, I guess. It's, it's not so much right and wrong yeah. um, as much as it is you know, how that works for you. And the, the instruments are a little different, too. Like mm. I said before, you know, sometimes a, a top finger grace note works on one whistle, and, a, and on another whistle it makes it jump the octave, and now you've got a different you know, problem to deal right, with. So yeah. there's some of that, too. 
So it, the so there's there's maybe a little more like getting to know your specific whistle. Whereas with pipes, pick up any practice chain or pick up any set of pipes, it's yeah. gonna play the same. You put pretty the same much, thing yeah. In. And and there can be and there's some you know there's some standard things to whistles, of course. But yeah, there's definitely some variability. Um, mm-hmm. And there's there's some exercise and there's some things that I always do even after twenty five whatever years of playing a whistle. When I get a new one or somebody hey try this whistle out, there's a few things that I'll always do. Just some octave jumps and just see how the thing responds because they're not always the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another of the things that that kind of kind of comes to mind when, when like when you mention um, octave jumping and stuff like that, mm. and and speaking of written music too, like you you do advocate for um, for learning music by ear. Yeah, and yeah. there are some pipers certainly that do that. You know. Mm-hmm. But maybe within competitive piping, you you got to make sure you get it right. You know, well, so that's sure, not yeah, as much of a thing. It's a whole different world when you're being judged on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and that's not to say that you wouldn't be in a in an Irish music competition. <clears throat> excuse me, because uh, you know there there are those as well, the, the flocules and, and the, the fesh competitions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's it's judged a little bit differently. It's more judged on the overall feel of the tune and and. You know, is and and the timing. You know, that's that's certainly a big part of it. Just like it is in piping, is making mm. sure that you're not rushing, you're not dragging. You know, that's you know those fundamentals are certainly the case. Are you in tune? You know, that's an important yeah. part of it too. You know, so some of that stuff obviously translates um, in in both worlds. But it's it, it's definitely more of um, there, I think there, it feels like there's more room for interpretation. Sure, that I'm, makes I'm sense. Sure, yeah. that that's true. But it feels like that relative to, to Highland. Highland bagpipe music, anyway. There, there's that little. Uh, that's a little bit more allowed, I think, in the, in the Irish world. I, I've heard Illum pipers who who went to Illum pipes from Highland pipes say that it's like going from marching band to jazz band, and hmm. it, it sounds to me like maybe going. You know, comparing pipes to whistle is in a lot of ways similar. Maybe I mean it's. You know, in some ways, it's it's a lot more flexible. I mean, you obviously have more notes for mm-hmm. one thing, but you have the ability to switch keys by switching whistles. You can play in in. Four or five, six different keys, even on right. standard D whistle. So, you know, it's it's a, a lot more versatile instrument than you would think, probably at first glance, for for being such a simple little thing. Yeah, um, you know, you, you can do a lot with it. Um, and you know, there is the it's it's you know, with the style of it, there's a lot more. You know, I, I can see that jazz comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's definitely a lot more a uh, lot more room for those sort of slidey kind of blue notes that you get. Yeah, or can get with it. Yeah. I I've, I feel like maybe one of the other possible barriers for entry and like learning by ear and stuff like that comes into this is mm-hmm. um, the fact that with Highland Pipes, we're used to our tonic being a low A and mm-hmm. with the most typical whistle is going to be a D whistle. And so the sort of equivalent thing for your fingers is a D instead of an A. Yes. And so written music can be really confusing. Well, it's funny you say that. I mean, I think bagpipe music might be the most compu- confusing music ever written because yes, the, the, the thing we call it an A, but right, it's not, it's an, not a. It's an A. It's a B flat, and it's not even written in the in the B flat key signature. It's written in the C key signature. No right, yeah. flat, so it's maddening. Yeah, from we a, say from C, a but person, we're... you want to punch yourself in the face. From yeah. So, but but yeah. if that's all you know, right? Then going sure. to then it's like, well, what what are they talking about? In fact, right. there's one of my favorite um, musicians is Timothy Cummings, and he he writes. Um, he writes arrangements of tunes, and if you purchase an arrangement from him that has like an organ accompaniment or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 sounding note, you know, will be concert B flat or concert D. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be yeah. something others can use. And he always includes a sheet of the written music that's just written in air quotes Piper's A, right? Uh, so sure. what you can play a whistle and read it as if it were in Piper's A, oh, right? Okay. Um, that makes sense. So the okay. sounding note will be concert D or G or whatever the key is, right? right? You just grab the the right whistle that, that fits that. That's right, yeah. right, yeah. Well, that's the thing about it is, yeah, you can 
you can learn a tune, say, for example, on the whistle in the key of D, and then you grab a C whistle, and now you're in C. And you're playing yeah. exactly the same way. So that's you know, that's one of those things that's it, it, it's hard for folks to kind of wrap their heads around at first, particularly if they're coming from some other world. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those, like, once you get it, it just kind of makes sense. You know, there's there's basically three different positions on the whistle that you can get three different scales out of, and each one, each whistle, each different keyed whistle gives you three different keys. So there's there's some of that. But the the whole learning by ear thing you mentioned that that's that's uh, I don't know if I'd call that a barrier to entry or not. I, I get where you're coming from on the on the piping side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main thing to me is just to to overcome that is just listening to a lot of music. That's that's yeah. always the first thing that I tell people is just, oh, who are you listening to? Who did you find? Oh, you know, I found so and so on YouTube. Okay, we'll stop right there. Let's <laughs> let's, let's uh, here's here's some folks you need to listen to. You know that kind of thing. So that's really what what I think helps people cross that bridge from sheet music to, to learning is just you just have to kind of imbibe as much of this as you can and you're mm. really looking for the feel of it not so much the notes I mean the, the, the sheet music is is fine as a refresher and if you want to learn tunes that way that's that's fine but I think if you can hear it it just makes it a whole lot easier to to translate dots on a page into mm. something that's that's musical well and that, that does make sense I have heard some some very high level bagpipers you know competitive style bagpipers like Stuart Little um, and mm. and, and and others whose names I can't think of right now because I'm slightly nervous, um, right. talk about that, uh, like, th- when they approach learning pipe music, first they listen to how other people do it, then they sing it, and only then do they pick up their practice chanter, yeah. um, which I don't think is the typical way, like, most rank-and-file pipers, like, certainly myself, have approached music, like, I think there's almost a hesitancy to learn by ear in some ways, because it's like, what if I hear it wrong and get into a bad habit? No, I've got to sure. look at the music, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, and I can see that certainly for piping, and I think that's, you know, at least when I was doing it, it was, it was sort of that that kind of hybrid thing. I would make sure that I had the notes the notes right, but I, I it's really hard to translate for me anyway the, the groove of a, of a tune from mm. a piece of a piece of paper yeah. to to you know to what it's supposed to sound like without without really hearing it properly. And maybe other people don't have that that weakness. Maybe they can hear the whole thing and just see it. And, you know, just like reading a book. But for me, I was never a great sight reader. I was fine. I was okay. Um, but, you know, I really needed to hear it to be able to get the idea of what it was supposed to be. And then I can figure out the details. Oh, that's a, a D throw here instead mm-hmm. of a, you know, whatever it's supposed to be. That kind of thing. That, that, and that's sort of how I deal with it with, with Irish tunes as well, with sheet music. Is if, I, if I just, you know, how does that tune start? And I'll pull up the session.org or something. And I'll get the first two bars. Like, oh, okay, there it is. That's that one. And then, you know, I'll close it and off you go. Yeah. You know, it comes back. Yeah, speaking of the session.org, you do bring that one up a few times in your videos. Yeah. Is that like yeah. the best resource or are there other favorites out there? It's definitely the best resource. It's not a flawless resource because that whole collection is put together by people like me who <laughs> may or may not have very, very great credentials. You know, who knows? Sure. Anybody can add to that site and anybody can, can create a, a setting of a tune. And sometimes you look at those and say, where in the hell did this come from? Right. But other times it's, you know, it's... It's mostly, like I said, useful for a refresher. If, mm. if it's not exactly the way that I play it, it doesn't really matter. Because I know how I'm going to play a tune. I know where I got it from, but I can't remember how the bloody thing started. So I can go on there and, yeah, there's your first two bars, and now I'm good to go. And then you're off. Um, yeah. So it's a great resource for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it as a crutch because you do – I wouldn't even say you run the risk of running a, a, a bad – setting of it there's probably no such thing but what you might learn is a setting that doesn't fit your session uh right, the other folks yeah. that you're playing with they may have a different setting in which case 
you just learn something that you can't play with anybody on. <laughs> so not the end of the world, but you know that's where it's to me. It's always better if you if you are in an area where you've got sessions and you're trying to learn those tunes. Just you know bring a little bring your phone, record it, learn them that way. Learn yeah, them, learn them from the people who are playing them. Learn their settings of them. Um, that's that's one of one of the things that I've appreciated very most personally from your YouTube channel is the session etiquette videos because <laughs> I think that I like a lot of pipers like I haven't sat in on a session yet but mm-hmm. I dream of doing so like that's sure. the that's like the the image in my head like wouldn't that be awesome you know with a little bit of haze in the air and everybody right. sitting around with drinks and just making awesome music you know um, it is awesome. It and, is, well, it's the, the reason to do it. And, to and so I think a lot of people will have that in mind, you know, when they're when they're thinking like maybe I will get a whistle, you know, that's like the end goal, you know. And sure. um and there is sure. there are some local sessions goal. here. So I got onto some email lists and stuff so I know when they're happening and I know which like which session books they use, like which settings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um but I being able to watch your videos where you talk through, here's how a session works, right? Go listen for a bit first, you know, don't do this, do do that, you know, <laughs> right, that, yeah. that takes the edge off of the, the fear and trepidation about actually well, going. I mean, I, to be honest, I make those videos more of a stress relief for myself when I, when I run a session and I have some, some oddity that happens, I feel like, okay, we need a little refresher on this. Yeah, how, yeah. How I suppose he goes, and a part of it in all honesty is probably because Nashville is just weird and because everybody here, <laughs> plays a guitar and yeah they and and everybody here is under the more is more mentality <laughs> right it doesn't really work in irish music so you can't have two rhythm players playing at the same time unless yeah. you know exactly what you're doing so you know there are some rules to it um and that's mostly a matter for me to to come home from a session and not want to rip my hair out <laughs> i got you um but yeah it's it's you know it, there's just it's mostly just a lot of listening like i started for about a year or two at least with the flute and the whistle sitting on a table and, and a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other for three hours because mm-hmm. it was the 90s and you could smoke indoors so that's mostly what i did for about two years is i just sat and listened and then every now and then they go hey kid give us a blast of tunes and I'm, okay here's my three reels that i know and i play those and then they go oh that was lovely and i put the flute down and, and that was lovely sit back hours. down <laughs> exactly and that's, that was your job and yeah. when you don't know don't play yeah that's the rule and there's nothing wrong with that i think i think at least, uh, may, again, maybe I'm a little bit negatively biased in the Nashville scene, but I think everybody so wants to be heard and wants to play. You know, that's not really what, what that's all about. You got a choir uh, made out of lead sopranos? Kind of, yeah. yeah. There's there's some of that, yeah. And, and, you know, the top players, they know they're they're more than happy to sit and listen to, mm-hmm. to something good, but you know, a lot of folks just want to dive in and say, well, we're, you're, you know, you need to be adding and not subtracting here. You know, what, yeah. what, are you, what are you contributing to this? And then just, you know, giving it a little bit of thought that way, I think goes a long way. And mm. also gives you the opportunity to just sit and listen and learn something. Um, Cause that's, that's how you get better. So, so that brings up another thing that I think, that I think uh, is something that I experience having like coming from piping that maybe my friends who I'm hoping will all be going out to buy whistles after hearing this will also <laughs> sure. be experiencing the yep. sense that once you turn it on, meaning your musical instrument, it can't turn off until the tune is over. Uh, sure. Right. Like, yeah, and I yeah. see this creep into like, I play some other stuff. Like I play a little bit of accordion and stuff like that. And I have oh, to like nice. remind myself partway through, you know, a, a setting with, with other musicians, like, I could stop, you know, I could back right. off. I don't have sure. to keep going once I've started. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good, a good thing to keep in mind. I think there's, there's a lot of that when, 
you know, if you don't know a tune, there's nothing wrong with kind of playing quietly to yourself, which is one advantage that literally every other <laughs> yeah, instrument Yeah, what are you talking the, about? <laughs> over the bagpipes, yeah. Anything else can do that. <laughs> and and there's a lot of that. You know, there's, like I said before, don't play it if you don't know. But there, there are ways where you can kind of play quietly to yourself or if there's just a section that you're missing. Like, how does this thing start? Well, you know, what key is it in? At least get something out of it, you know. Yeah. I did identify that this tune is in G. Great. So I learned something today. Mm-hmm. Maybe next time if they play it again, I'll get the first half. You know, then the next time I'll get the second half. And it, and it takes a while. It can take a long time. Or you ask somebody, hey, what was the name of that? And you go home and you find it and you learn it. You find three recordings of it and you, you, know, you figure out how right. you want to play it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Don't, don't get the sheet music, but go home and, and find three different recordings. Yes. And, you know. Quality recordings and listen to them, right? Yeah. And see what you like from the first person and what you like from the second person. And then you mm-hmm. find your own way to play it. And that's kind of how, that's, that's how I, I've always tried to approach it. Yeah. Um, Picking and choosing, and 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 it's good to do it from different instruments too. I think that's a, lo- a lot of um, a, a bit of a trap that that I know I fell into, and a lot of folks do. Uh, it's a lot easier to learn f- for me anyway from an instrument that I already play. So like oh, I, I, have sure. a, I have a harder time listening to records where it's a fiddle, accordion, and a guitar, because so, I don't play any of those. You know, yeah. I, I don't, you know, whereas if there's a flute in there, if there's a whistle or pipes or something that I can more understand, I tend to like those bands or those recordings better. But you can gain a lot by listening to the same tune played by an accordion player or a fiddle player, whoever it might be, because mm. they've got different things that they can do that we can't. But you can kind of get some ideas from it, I think. So it's, yeah. it's helpful to listen to a variety of instruments on oh, the that, same tunes, especially if it's a tune that you like. You know, you've already got the melody kind of in your head. If it's one that oh, I want to like, I like that tune. I want to learn that. Those are the ones that are, are for me way easier to learn. The ones yeah. that, that I just already kind of like, rather than the ones that I have to learn. Right, something, something that's you know? grabbed you by the lapels already. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I had my mind blown a little while ago. I, I've mentioned it before, but my, my my friend Jeremy, who has a bagpipe and history podcast called Way Too mm. Drags Bagpipes and History Podcast, he plays yeah. through like, uh, I think he's done, I think it's mostly, is, is it 17th century? I know he does some 18th and 19th century tunes, but I think he's mm. focused on 17th century Piper's repertoire. And he oh, finds wow. these old settings, a lot of, and, and, and like plays them on border pipes and small pipes and illum pipes oh, and stuff. Nice, Very cool. Yeah. But he played a recording of a fiddler playing a Strasbay. Mm, and mm-hmm. I had never heard a Strasbay played on anything but Highland Pipes. Mm-hmm. And first I had like kind of a crisis moment because I was like, this is magical. This is beautiful. Like I could <laughs> never make this happen on Highland Pipes. Why are we even trying, you know, right. to play Strasbays? <laughs> but just you mentioned that we can learn from listening to other instruments, you know, yeah. that's uh, that, that, that was an epiphany moment for me, listening yeah. to another instrument and then that informing my piping instead of having to just listen to pipes. Oh, absolutely. A- Ashley McIsaac, he was always kind of one of those guys that was famous for that, for playing piping tunes on fiddle in really mm. cool, interesting ways. I always liked his, his playing that way. Mm-hmm. Now, you did mention other instruments, and, and uh, I don't want to make you like feel like you have to like com- like say out loud that you play something if you're not comfortable saying it but <laughs> sure. sometimes in the background of some of your videos i have seen like maybe a tenor banjo i saw those shuttle <laughs> yeah. pipes you know like what other stuff do you dabble with and what other stuff do you play seriously well i can't play strings to save my life my uh, my now ex she's got a bunch of instruments here that are that are still lying about the house and mm-hmm. you know they're there's all kinds of stuff to mess with. But I started out playing piano when I was a little kid and absolutely hated it and did not practice. And mm-hmm. I did it for about seven years or so. And so I've got some, you know, background in it that's still in there someplace that I, that I can use occasionally to, to do some accompaniment stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, now mostly flute whistle pipes. Uh, I did play Ellen pipes for a while. Um, uh, when I lived in Iowa, of all mm-hmm. places, there's a, a piper out there named Tim Britton who's a, a brilliant player. 
And uh, so I was working with him on, on Illin pipes for a while, but they just got to be such a wrangly octopus, I ended up selling them and buying a laptop <laughs> about 15 <laughs> years ago. Because I just, I don't have the time to commit to this. This is one yeah. of those, you know, one of the, as they say, 10 years to master, 10 years to, what is that, 10 years to learn, 10 years to right, just yeah. 10 years to make oh, one of those. Or is it 20 years for each? Probably, it's something yeah, impossible, let's, let's yeah. Honest, yeah. <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. And I had already kind of started to phase out Highland pipes by that point. Yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, I'm just going to focus on, on the things that I that I really enjoy, and that's my, that's flute and whistle. Um, uh, really, more more flute. I think for for gigs and, and sessions and stuff, it's pretty much all flute. Um, but the whistles for for YouTube and for songs and for stuff in weird keys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now with the flute, like, what what if some of my friends are listening here and they're thinking like, well, whistle or flute? Because it's like in in if the most simple versions of flutes, it's just a whistle sideways, right? So oh, absolutely. What yeah, the would fingers are exactly the same? And I always tell people start with the whistle first. That's best, um, huh? Just yeah, because the flute's got the embouchure. You know, ninety percent of playing the flute is the embouchure, whereas the whistle is doing all that work for you. You just blow into it, and it just kind of works. You know, the flute. If you if you miss that. It, it just won't sound at all. It's just like nothing, you know, like blowing over a Coke bottle. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So, yeah. you know, you got to get that perfect, really. Um, so it's it's definitely better to start with whistle. In Ireland, everybody starts with a whistle, just like we all start with the recorders here in school. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a simple way to get started, get going. And you can kind of translate those skills to pipes or to flute or, or really to at least to some degree to any instrument, at least as far as the style goes. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely best to start with a whistle. To me, the flute is the world's best instrument because you have so much control over absolutely every part of it, the, the mm. tone quality and everything, because it's all coming from your mouth. But um, it's it's a it's a drag sometimes. <laughs> it's tricky. Yeah. It's weird. But that the that, uh, that embouchure, right? You know, exactly. Yeah, and and the whistle just does all that for you. Um, so you can just focus on fingers, fo- focus on ornaments, focus on style, and not have to worry about that other very very challenging part until you're ready, and you can just spend time just getting that. I mean, I've got some students who do both flute and, and whistle and our quote unquote flute lessons is basically this, just them blowing long notes to make sure they've got. Good uh, yeah. You just, just start getting with that. noise, just, just get a good solid tone and screw yeah. around with it. You can kind of roll it in, roll it out and just find out where that sweet spot is. Yeah. And, and just train your brain to be able to hit that every time. And that's really what you're going for, for the first year or so of playing flute. Mm-hmm. Well, and it does occur to me too, that like one of the really great things about whistles is like of course you can spend good money on a really great whistle, but you don't have to spend much to get a decent whistle. And so yeah. if you want to play flute, go ahead and start with whistle. It's not like you're saying go spend hundreds of dollars on a whistle first. Right. It's not this or that. You know, you can kind of you can kind of do both. And yeah, it, you know, they, they call it a penny whistle back in the day because they used to cost a penny and yeah. you know, they cost a bit more than that. But you can find some really cheap ones for you know, ten bucks. You can spend fifty bucks to a hundred bucks and get something that'll last you out. It, uh, you get a professional instrument. That anybody would be happy to have for and, fifty and, bucks, hundred bucks, you know, and kind of and if anybody wants to see whistle reviews and comparisons, this guy's YouTube channel is the place to go. <laughs> they are delightful. I just, you know, it's funny. A fellow from uh, from Israel reached out about a month or so ago and said he was making new whistles and he oh, sent yeah. me a picture of it. I said, "Wow, this looks awesome." You yeah. Know, would you mind checking one out? I said, "Sure." So it just it just got delivered like two days ago. So oh, awesome! I'll be, be looking my next forward to that. And, an Israeli-made whistle, which from the pictures looks beautiful, so I'm curious to check it out. Yeah, that would be way cool. That's been one of the really cool things about YouTube is people just reaching out and, and trying it. I, I never really had much interest in trying other whistles because I've, I've got stuff that I like, the, 
that I can play, and I didn't really care. But people hit, them up, hit me up, and like, wow, there's there's some folks making some good stuff out there these days. Yeah, there's some really professional instruments out there that are that are affordable, which is great. Well, and as if the excellent content isn't enough of a draw for people to go and watch the YouTube channel if they aren't already <laughs> watching it, you also do these periodic giveaways. And yeah. for me, in my imagination. You must just have like a Scrooge McDuck style vault somewhere in your house. That's just a sea of like, f- how do you say that? Fee dogs, f- fee dogs, fodog, yeah, fodog, yeah, fodogs. Ju- and you just like swim through them, and like every time that vault is too full, it's like, oh, I'll give a few of these away. But kind of, yeah, it's it's something to that effect. I just tend to acquire these. And yeah, uh, there was one I just piled them all up. I ended up doing a, a video for uh, TikTok, I think, and and it was just kind of a goofy thing. It was just this table full of. You know, some of them were very nice. Some of them were, were hot garbage, basically. Yeah. Just, you know, busted up old bamboo fifes and crap right. bed for years. And so some of them, yeah, I'll do I'll I'll throw stuff on, on YouTube and just, you know, give me give me the like, give me the comment and I'll randomly draw one. But uh, some of these companies have, have reached out and have done some really cool stuff about, you know, they'll send me one to test and quote unquote test and then they'll send one specifically to give away. Because uh, they oh, yeah. get their stuff out and, and it's you know, the, the companies really I guess they've they've kind of embraced this whole way of marketing yeah um i guess uh, because they get they get marketing kind of for free it seems right? effective to me because I it's guess, like yeah. you you ha- already have their core audience you have exactly mm-hmm. the people they want to reach right. so well and that's the thing it's kind of a small market you know we're not going to be advertising these in front of the super bowl or something like that. right it's not everybody cares but the people who do care they seem to find you know my stuff and, and the other folks like me who are, who are doing this on YouTube. We all congregate to the same places. <laughs> yeah, kind of, I guess. So, well, and that's but yeah. I definitely have quite a quite a collection at the moment. One one of those companies that sent you one one for you and one to give away. I th- I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Lear, right? It was, yeah, yeah. About a year and a half ago now, I think when they were just kind of getting ramped up, yeah. And and I, I I love their 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 whistles look so pretty. The videos I've heard of them are great. I, I've got uh, one of their uh, a key of A whistles on my Christmas list with my wife right now. So nice. They, we'll they see sent if that me one of those uh, yeah about a year ago. It's it's really nice. It's um, you know A is kind of one of those weird ones for for Irish music players where it's not terribly practical. Um, but for a bagpiper, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of a one-to-one trans- yep. translation there, which is great. Yeah, and I've done that too. I've, I've moved some bagpipe tunes over to whistle that way. Yeah, pretty easily a few a few times using that. Yeah, it's it's a lovely whistle. All their stuff is great. They just started doing silver plated whistles. Yeah, I, I saw your video of that. That was yeah. beautiful. My goodness, it's lovely. Yeah, it's really nice. They did it, and it actually makes somehow makes a difference in the sound. I, I was not expecting that. I was I was genuinely surprised. Yeah, that surprised me as well. I was like, ah, metal's yeah. metal, whatever. That's no, it's different. What I yeah, and you know who knows? They may have changed some other parts of the design too. Mm. Like I said, they're still. I think they were still trying to get their final design uh, knocked out. Uh, but they've done a great job, and and they they make some really quality stuff. I've talked to those folks a few times. They've called me from from Ireland a handful of times just to kind of game plan, you know, and let me know. And they offered me a place to stay, which I thought was awesome. I'm going to take them up on that for sure. We're going over there hopefully this summer uh, before the summer is over. Going oh, that's so guys, cool! So I would like to. Yep. So I'm, yeah, I'm they're, excited they're, to see whatever comes from that. Yeah, they're they're cool cats over there. They they do some cool stuff. Well, and they have a I'll I'll put a link in the show notes to their website and they did send okay. a discount code um oh, good. which is Heritage Bagpipes. So nice. I'll put that down there as well. Though it occurs to me now, Sean, I don't know if they track which discount codes are being used, but you have a 
larger audience than me and you probably also have discount codes is it more is it beneficial uh, to you somehow for people to be using it doesn't matter to me now it, it's uh, it's I, i'm not getting any kind of a uh, you know I see. Yeah, kind of thing. Now, uh, I, I, uh, every now and then they'll they'll remind me that I think I have a, a code whistle tutor as well, so I put that up on a few videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but by all means, if they've, they've given you a discount, might as well fire away. Yeah, go ahead and use it because they they really do. They're they're pretty affordable. Those guys. I think their their top end one is it's only like eighty bucks or a hundred bucks or something like that. It's it's pretty reasonable for a professional instrument, plus with a discount. You know, it's. It's you know they're they're reasonable. Yeah, I've been I've been very like like pleasantly surprised by like their 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 price does seem to be um yeah very 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 reasonable. Well, I I don't want to say reasonable because like you know like um other other excellent whistle makers who charge a little more. It's also reasonable because they oh, yeah. they're making good product, you know, and so they ought to be able to charge for it. But you know, like it's a little bit lower price, but still a really great whistle, well, and that's, that's I mean. very attractive. I guess is what you I'm trying to say. You can get you can get a a professional handmade instrument for between like seventy to one hundred and fifty dollars in that mm-hmm. range from from a variety of folks. There's yeah. there's quite a few people that are making instruments in that range like the ones that i play regularly is a fellow here in, in tennessee of all places he mm. lives in a fairly small town uh, a couple hours away from me um and and i, I play his pretty much exclusively uh, they they don't look all that in, they look kind of like cheapo generation whistles but they're all yeah. handmade and they play professionally and and those are the ones i like his are a little more expensive than the Lear's, but you know i've just kind of been hooked on his stuff for for a long time um but then the, the Lear came out. They started making theirs about a year or two ago, I think. And they've sort of taken the world by storm. They've, they've kind of gotten everywhere. They've, they've gotten a lot of really uh, great players to, to test out their stuff. And, and everybody's had pretty good things to say. Um, yeah. You know, Joni Madden, she's the one that jumps out at me. Uh, she's a brilliant player and, and did, played a few lovely tunes on, on, their, on their instruments. I really, you know, I, 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 it, there's no reason to focus too much on this kind of stuff, but I do get excited about logos and stuff, and I love their logo, too. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, they explained it to me, the, the swan thing. I can't remember what the story was. He, he broke it down for me. There's some sort of mythological callbacks to that. I can't remember what the, what the mm. deal was. I think those guys are they're up in, I want to say they're up in Galway, I think. Um, yeah, they're, they're good folks. They're, they're nice folks. I think they've got a really good game plan, good business plan. I think they're they're trying to... They seem very serious about getting good instruments in the hands of, of players. They, yeah. they seem to really take a lot of pride in that, which is yeah. kind of cool. I mean, I think that's that's nice to see. It's not they're just they're not just you know rolling out machine made garbage. Right. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're putting a lot of pride in it, which is good. Yeah. Now th- it, this this brings to mind as as you talk about like oh you know use use any uh, discount code. All these whistle makers, various you know a ton of them are great. You know you you in general, Sean, have a, what seems to me like an attitude of abundance, um, where like it. I don't get the impression that you think in any way that like there's a limited amount of success in the world, and so if anybody else gets success, that's less success for you because you're very very regularly advocating that people get resources other than yourself. Other instructors, other websites, other YouTube channels yeah. um, for direction and tuition and music and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a friend of mine, Brian Conway, a, a wonderful fiddle player out of New York. He released a record uh, oh, a few years ago now, I guess, and he called it Consider the Source, mm. which I thought was a great line. And it, it's a reference to something that would come up at his sessions a lot of times when you'd pull out a weird setting of a tune. Mm. And, Where'd you get that from? You know, because there's some sort of non-official, non-traditional source. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of the joke. Uh, consider the source. Where are you getting your tunes from? You know, yeah. Kind of thing. So I think that applies for 
tuition as well. Um, there's a lot of folks on on YouTube, which is great because we have this platform and the people can can anybody can get out there and, and teach and learn. But at the same time, anybody can get out there and teach, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is not always ideal. Um, and and there's the the main thing that I try to tell people is find somebody if you know if you want to learn whether it's online whether it's in person lessons whether it's individual like Skype tuition type deal um, find somebody who's doing what it is that you want to do if you want to play Irish music find somebody who plays Irish music if you want to play video game music find somebody who does that you know uh, and like I always tell people I don't know anything about bluegrass or jazz or video games or like elf metal and whatever else people ask me about I don't know anything about that stuff the world of uh, elf metal is one yeah. that's well worth getting into well I'm, I'm sure that's true and I, I don't hate it I don't hate it I, it's fine it's just not my thing yeah. I'm not an expert in it and I never will be and I'm, I've accepted that that about myself I would never <laughs> you've come to the realization that elf metal elf might not metal. be well you know it's not for everybody we all and have you know to what? come to that that moment well, at some point in our life in fairness <laughs> neither is Irish music I taught a I taught a fella coincidentally in Israel he wanted to learn how to play um uh what was that song the the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald oh sure love what? that tune yeah sure and he wanted to play that I said well okay you're not really using the right tool for the job but I'll see mm-hmm. what I can do here you know so everybody wants to learn whatever they want to learn I'm not and I'm certainly not going to throw any stones at that yeah, um, I would just say find somebody who does what you do or what you want to do. Right, um, and that's what I always try to tell people. And then if if we are if I am working on a tune with somebody, the first thing I say is okay. Now go find three other versions of this. You know, you and I just played it kind of the way I play it. That's not the right way to play. It's just my way to play. It. Mm. Go find somebody else. Maybe you'll find something else. Like in the second part, somebody does some little different thing that you like. Well, cool, do that. That fine. If you like I, it better. Knock yourself out. I don't. I don't know if if this stands out to other people, but to me, encountering a statement like that from an instructor in anything <laughs> is exactly what makes me trust them. Because if someone <laughs> wants to set up a silo and say this is the way I do it and that's the right way, don't even right. think about the way other people do it. That immediately turns me off. Well, it may turn you off. At the same time, it, my way, I could see also turning some folks off, mm-hmm. and, it, and it has before. Where it's it's where I'm not. I'm not necessarily rigid enough. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. People want it. Some people just want to be told, "Here's how you do it." And right. Off you go, and that's fine too. But it, and that probably works in a lot of styles. I just personally don't find that, that works for Irish music, mm. um, because there are 1,900 different ways to play a tune. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. So find the way that that makes you happy. Uh, I, I would I wouldn't want to teach somebody something where it's constantly a struggle, right? Because they just don't like it. Well, then why are you doing it? Doesn't have a lot of staying power. No, you're not going to yeah. learn it. You're not going to enjoy it. You know that doesn't that doesn't really uh, find something better to do with your time. Yeah, you know, How, whether that's learn a tune a better way or do something else altogether. You know? Getting elf metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, I hear it's great. How do you decide what tunes to do for your tutorials? Uh, for the tutorials, a lot of them will come through requests. There's a bunch of them that I've done over the years that are just kind of what I would call bog-standard Irish session tunes that, that kind of everybody is going to need to know at some point if you want to play sessions. There's a handful of stuff that's just good starter tunes, mm. like, like basic slow songs like Raglan Road or Down by the Sally Garden, stuff like that that are just kind of you know good, simple, one-octave melodies. Um, but a lot of them come from, from either YouTube or, or TikTok requests. People just say, oh, I always wanted to hear this tune. Or it's something that I'll hear at a session, like, holy crap, that tune was buried back in the recesses of my mm-hmm. brain for a decade, and it just popped out, and that's oh, mm-hmm. a great tune. I wish I had thought of this before. And it just, it'd be a fun one, and it fits well in the whistle. So a lot of it is is just kind of what I'm feeling <laughs> yeah. at a given time, you know? Um, and at this point, I've been doing YouTube now for a decade, 
There's there's so much material up there, man. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I've done a lot. Everybody has done a lot. There's a lot of stuff that's already been covered, and I try not to. I try not to do too much duplication. You know, going back and hitting the same stuff. But there's a couple of those standards that I have done a few times. Yeah. Um, You know, I've updated because when I first recorded them, I was. 15 years younger and yeah. not, you know, not nearly as experienced. So uh, it's a lot of it is just what people want to hear. Yeah. You know? And, and if it's, if it's something that's, that's at least tangentially related to the Irish traditional music world, you know, I'm not doing Freebird or something like that. Just right. Somebody request it, but, but I have to, on the other side, I have done like a couple of Beatles songs and a couple of odd, oddball things like that. that just seem kind of nice and people want to hear them. You know, I've done some hymns, people who request that that kind of stuff so this is a a little variety this is another thing that i i like about your videos is your dry comedy um (laughs) you you did mention once you you said that sometimes modern tunes get into your sessions and you were like there's there are two modern tunes in my sessions one that my friend brought 20 years ago and one that i brought 10 years ago (laughs) (laughs) so so you do modern stuff sometimes (laughs) we do yeah exactly and and that's the other thing too modern is is also sort of a relative term Modern. When your your canon is several hundred years old, modern exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's that. Well, plus, and then there's modern in terms of Irish traditional quote unquote. Ah, uh, yeah, music. yeah. And then there's modern in terms of pop music. You know, we're not working right. that kind of stuff. But you know, some of these uh, some of these modern tunes are are wonderful. Um, a lot of them, at least in my ear, are different just to be different. And you can uh, kind sure. of tell that they put in a weird minor blurb here just because it felt like getting weird. You know, there's not really any reason for it. Yes. Um, but some yeah. of these folks like uh, Joni Madden, uh, Michael McGaldrick, they write modern tunes in really clever ways mm-hmm. that, that either they just sound clever on their own or they sound clever because they sound old. You know, they sound like old traditional tunes. Oh, sure. So that's, it's that's a, a new real t- skill. Yeah. That's, that's a, a wonderful skill to be able to come up with something new that doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Because uh, that's, that's, to me, that's my only real complaint about modern new they say a lot of them sound like exercises like they're just doing mm. arpeggio exercises like okay we'll do that at home <laughs> practice, practice <laughs> right at home. You know, don't practice on my record that i paid 10 bucks for. yeah yeah you know, that kind of thing but uh, some of them are are like i said wonderful some folks really do have a, a great ear that's that's a skill that i lack yeah is the ability to prolifically generate new music uh, liz carroll she's you know another classic one who's, who's done some just wonderful stuff yeah there, there's, there's of course the practicality of, of playing a lot on, on D whistles in, in sessions and stuff like that. But having played around a bunch, um, do you have a, like a favorite key to play in? Is there something that resonates yeah. especially for you? Yeah. I mean, definitely D is the standard and that's what you always pretty much have to play. But when I'm just screwing around and just sitting around the house and, and playing, I have an F whistle. That, F, that huh? this, fella, this fella Gary Humphrey uh, uh, made for me. And F it's, as it's in favorite. up several steps from D? Uh, no, down. Down, down okay. Lower. Yeah, it's a very like kind of an alto or mm. uh, much more mellow. Uh, basically halfway between the high D and the low D. Sure, um, sure. Uh, kind of in that range. And it's got it's nice because it gives you B flat as well really easily. If you C gets C pretty easily. It's not terribly practical. I, I use it in the band for like two or three songs. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple that are in, like one of them's in D minor and it works pretty well for that. Uh, but again, mostly just screwing around. That's the one I like to play. I'll just I'll pull that out when I'm sitting at my desk, killing time, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's pleasant and it's it's a good spacing. And I use the old Piper's grip to you know it, it fits well that way. Um, it's it's comfortable to play. It's easy to play. It's just pleasant. If I am writing stuff, I tend to write on that on that whistle more than anything. Yeah, it's yeah, just fun to play. The the Piper's grip thing is something that I hadn't even thought of until pretty recently. I have a brother in law who's been playing penny whistle since he was a kid, and oh, he nice. just recently got his first low D whistle. Oh, and sweet. and he did. I asked him how he was you know getting on with it. Do you know what? Do you know what, um, what he got? 
I don't know. I know it's not Cesado, and okay. I know that it's not Dixon. Maybe Dixon. It might have been a Dixon. It's something that's reasonably nice. You know, like yeah. it's it's a reasonably good metal, nice uh, whistle. Oh, it's a metal one. Okay, Dixon's are all plastic. Okay. Oh, I see. I haven't actually met the whistle yet. He lives out in California, oh, okay. so I'm hoping he'll bring it next time he comes over. But yeah, um, totally. But he did mention to me that like the learning how to do the piper's grip is throwing him off a bit, and yeah. I that was the first time I went ah, it's kind of like a superpower if you're a piper coming to, <laughs> and it does seem it like. Maybe. Be, yeah. a, a lot of pipers like i'm thinking like like ross ainsley and 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 uh and uh um uh, again a whole list of people whose names i can't think of right now because i'm because ner- i'm nervous uh Jar- jarleth jarleth uh, oh, yeah. uh henderson yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. A, a lot of pipers seem to play low d whistles um yeah. and yeah. maybe maybe that's part of why that barrier is gone but um if someone had told me that there was a recovering highland bagpiper who was making youtube whistle content i would have assumed there'd be a lot of low d but there's not a ton of low d on your no. channel and, and people ask for that a lot. Um, there's not one because not everybody's got it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, I, I try to get videos that are at least marginally accessible to the, you know, the largest number of people. But the other thing is I don't really play low D myself. Yeah. Um, I play the flute. If I'm going to play in that range, I'd much rather play flute because mm-hmm. there's just a lot more that I can do with it because of that embouchure control. And mm-hmm. because like in my case, I've got a keyed flute, so I've got some other options for that. Um, but the, the, um, Piper's grip finger spacing thing, I think you might find that the F whistle is probably going to be in much closer because the D is a gotcha. huge stretch. It's it's a much bigger stretch than on, on Highland Pipes. Yeah, I've seen some um, people like okay. even skip their ring finger and go to a pinky to, to make do, the Which is actually, a, a, a interestingly, a, a useful way to play it because that's how you'd play it for Illin Pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really... You're kind of just faking ill and pipe fingering that way by, by using the pinky. I didn't so realize that. that. Definitely That's works. good to know. Yeah, that, yeah, that definitely works. There's a, there's kind of an extra hole on the ill and pipe channel. But um, on on the F whistle, it's nice because it's you can still do that kind of more comfortable piper's grip spacing, but it's not nearly as broad as you would get on the D whistle, which yeah. is another reason why I think I like playing that one so much. It's, it's just comfortable. Um, but the, the trick to the, what the whistle player's equivalent of the piper's grip is you put your ring fingers down, um, mm, pads comfortably, pads, Pinky, yeah. and then just let your other fingers fall naturally. That's kind of the trick to it, mm-hmm. um, which works better in a video form where I can actually demonstrate that. But that's the idea. Video which uh, I and, have seen. So oh, well, there you go. It's exactly. out there. So it's, it's <laughs> a, exactly indeed. It can be found. Um, but yeah, and and that's the other thing. Not everybody does that. Not every whistle player will do Piper's grip even on the low whistles. How they do that with just fingertips, I have no idea. It seems incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. But, um, What's his face? Brian uh, uh, Finnegan from Fluke famously said, well, I'm not a piper. I don't use a piper's grip. Well, okay. And it works for him, but hmm. he's pretty much the only one. Uh, yeah. Most people who play low whistles will, will do that, will, hmm. will stretch across. Did uh, Have you ever had occasion to try one of those, um, like, piper's fingering whistles that has a leading note down low and the, the high tonic on the back so it feels more like a I've practice played, trainer? I, I've don't, I don't think I've ever played one that's got the extra hole in the bottom hand. I have played the ones that have the back uh, C natural hole. That's how they'll do it for, for oh, whistles. Oh, yeah. So rather than having a cross finger of the C, you can have a back hole. I've tried it. In fact, I just got into a... a weird conversation on tiktok with somebody the other day because i made a comment about how no they don't make minor keyed whistles well yeah they do they make all kinds of weird scales like Mm. okay yeah i get that but in the world of irish music that i occupy yeah they don't that's not a thing (laughs) nobody does that and there's just not really a need for it so there's like even the 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 fellow whose whistles i make gary humphrey he's got some of those you know weird uh, bonus holes on the whistles right yeah yeah you want to try one of these i go no not really Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's i'm fine you know, I'm pretty good with what I got. You know, it, it works. Uh, so I, I don't quite, I, I just never saw the point. 
you know, and, and, and nobody's ever really been able to explain the point to me. <laughs> the, the, the I decided I needed to get it. The only the only song I've ever thought to myself, my again, my buddy Jeremy, who um he he was doing he did a whole episode of different versions of the tune Caberfay. Huh. And it's got it's got it uses the leading note below the tonic quite a bit, and that was the only time that I thought to myself, "This is where, you know, if I were playing this on whistle, I would wish that I had a pinky hole." Well, you know, there's there's a couple of tunes where it drops like on the flute, it goes below the the bottom note D, go down to a low C sharp and a low C, and you can yeah. get keys for that. And I actually oh sure yeah, you know, I inquired on getting those those very cool keys from from my flute, and it was about sixteen hundred dollars just Ooh, for those. I thought, buddy. Eh, um, you know what, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't need those notes. <laughs> so, exactly. I, I gave it some thought until I found that out. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, all that stuff. It's you know, I could see the use for it, but there's ways around it that the the Irish music community has simply accepted, like jumping the octave when you when you need to drop below the range of the of the instrument. Right, just jump up, that's you know, true. That's, yeah, that's just what we do, and that's just fold that. Doing, you know, that's it's just no, kind of become part of the tradition. Right, it's certainly a familiar thing for pipers too. Right, that you mm-hmm. often fold mm-hmm. tunes in on themselves to make them work. Yep, exactly. Yeah, same idea. Yeah, it's very common in Irish music too. Yeah. Well, uh, Sean, I'm going to make sure that I've got links to everything I've promised throughout cool. and uh, definitely links to your website. Um, the Is it just whistletutor.com? Yeah, that's it's mostly just a, a, a placeholder calendar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really use the website for much of anything. It's mostly just YouTube and, and strangely enough, TikTok these days. I'm, I'm about 700 years too old to be on TikTok, but I'm, I'm doing it nonetheless. Yeah. It's kind of entertaining. It seems like it's a hot place for musicians. I, I, yeah. keep, I keep being very nearly convinced by my music friends that, like, maybe there's <laughs> stuff going on. What's going on over there peeking it's over it, the fence, you know? <laughs> Did I lose you? Nuts. But for it, I think. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I lost you for just a second there, Sean. Oh, sorry, did I drop out? Yeah, sorry about that. No. But it's okay. Good, good. I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm drawn us to a close anyway. I've already taken over an hour of your time. You've been yeah, very no generous. Worries. I really yeah, appreciate it. Um, but what yes. other, um, you know, we've mentioned several times that you, you want to find quality things to listen to. Yeah. And you've brought up several names of whistlers and groups and sure. stuff. Um, Maybe tell me, do you have a few that come to the top, kind of kind of top of the list that come to mind that like you'd yeah. say you want to get into whistles? Listen to these. Absolutely, uh, uh, Joni Madden. She's kind of my current personal favorite. She's out of New York. Plays with a group called Cherish the Ladies. She's been playing for well, she's been playing with Cherish the Ladies for probably twenty or thirty years at this point. Uh, silver flute player. Oddly, uh, mm. probably about the only one playing silver flute in Irish music, at least uh, at that level. Um, I'm not a big silver flute fan, but as far as her whistle playing, she's by far my my, my favorite. She's S- silver flute, and as far as the Classical lingo goes, flute. yeah, that's like what you'd see in a concert exactly. band. Yeah, the yeah. name system, yeah, with all the, the keys and all those buttons, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, which to me has never really been my my kind of sound. But mm-hmm. She makes it dance, she makes it work somehow. Yeah. But really, her whistle playing is is spectacular. Uh, Mary Bergen is kind of the godmother of. Of the Irish whistle. Uh, she's got two records, Fadogaston, one and two, and those are just amazing. Just pure whistle. Some of it's unaccompanied, some of it's very simple accompaniment. It's just great whistle playing. Uh, those two records are great. Uh, Mike McGoldrick, uh, who's I think currently playing with um, uh, what's his face from um, oh god, I just blanked on his name now. Uh, Mark Knopfler. Um, he's been he's played with all kinds of folks. Um, he's a great flute and whistle player, piper as well. Um, he's another one of my favorites. Um, and then for the flute side of things, Matt Malloy was my other you know, really big influence. Um, mm. The Chieftains. He's he's amazing. But Seamus Egan too. He's uh, from Solace. He's kind of the other one that that drew, that got me going. That got me started. 
Um, but those are all great options, great people to start with. Yeah. Just, you know, absolute monster players. Um, great tunes, great technique, great you know control, phrasing, kind of the whole package. They're all just, just wonderful players. Well, I'll find good links to all of these people's yeah. music and put those in the notes as well. My hope is that all my Piper friends who hear this are now running out to purchase whistles <laughs> and listen to whistle music and uh, and kind it's of it's, expand you know, horizons that way. And it'll give your ears a break, too. Yeah. It's, you know, stay yeah, out of the right. top octave, at least, and then it'll be it's nice and mellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and obviously, if I haven't plugged it enough, your YouTube channel is like, man, just just so chuck full of really really good stuff such a great resource i appreciate it i appreciate it. it's it's fun to do it's a fun uh fun project anyway and if people want to take it more seriously are you constantly taking students do you teach online uh, I, I do yeah i've got a handful of folks um my scheduling's a little bit weird just because mm-hmm. we're, we're thank god finally getting back to playing a lot more um you know the world's returning so we're, we're doing some more playing so the, the teaching is uh, you know I'm, I'm not the best as far as schedules because i also have a real job or a real person job that i work so i have to deal with that and then yeah. scheduling folks in and around uh, i'm not the most organized so <laughs> hopefully my students are patient enough with me that they can roll with it but yeah if, if people wanted to, to get into irish music and specifically or you know even just the fundamentals i guess uh, i'd be happy to work with folks yeah absolutely Maybe not as much elf elf metal, at least. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. I will. There's probably plenty other folks. <laughs>